Welcome to Buy, Grow, Sell, the podcast for entrepreneurs looking to acquire, grow, or exit a business, hosted by Simon Bedard. Hey there, it's Simon Bedard here. If you're brand new to the Buy, Grow, Sell podcast, then welcome. It's great to have you on this journey. Since its launch, I've interviewed many entrepreneurs that have bought, grown, or sold a business. And in some cases, they've completed all three steps and started all over again. Our goal is to share the stories of business owners that have traveled at least part of this cycle so that we can learn from their experience. Whether it's the dizzying heights of success or the hard lessons learned through adversity, we get to the heart of what drives success and how to apply these lessons on your journey. So join us for the best insights, interviews, and inside information on how to buy, grow, and sell a business straight from the entrepreneurs who've lived and breathed it. When we think about managing stress, there are often a number of trigger events in life that can cause disruptions to our business. My next guest left his job, lost his relationship, moved to a new town with zero support mechanisms, and still managed to start his own business. In this episode, we meet Luke Bryce, originally a policeman who left his job to start a business he knew nothing about, before eventually setting up a security company, which is now expanding into a range of different services. In this episode, we explore the mindset of taking a big leap, how shiny new things can cause distractions and result in the business falling apart, and the cyclical nature of entrepreneurship and how it can take you back to where you started. This is Luke Bryce. Luke, welcome to the show. Thank you. Mate, really pleased to have you on board um, and, and very much looking forward to, to hearing and sharing a bit of your story here. So, um, mate, can, t- tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you summarised it um, pretty loosely. Um, I, I was uh, I, I left school at, at eighteen. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I always had this fantasy of being a businessman in, in inverted commas. And um, my parents were very um, traditional in the sense that they, I was, I was pretty clever. Uh, I had a lot going for me, but I didn't try very hard at school. So the prospect of me not going to university, it just didn't make any sense to them or, or my extended family. So when I said I'm, I'm joining the police, despite the fact that my, both my parents uh, were nurses and we've got a lot of public sector people in, in the family, my grandfather was a teacher, for example, there was always this uh, this idea that I was destined for something a little bit different. But I, I didn't. I didn't agree. I uh, I, I went off and, and joined the police, and I worked in in Croydon in South London, which. Uh, uh, you would have seen the news a few years back when we had the big riots um, in uh, 2000. I don't even remember what year it was, um, but uh, they, they centred largely in, in the in the borough of the town that I worked in. So after seven years of, of working in the police, I, I, I kind of decided I'd had enough. There was a few things that had gone wrong for me in the police, and uh, I just I just knew it was not the place for me to be going forward as a family man. Um, and I was, was destined for, for, for different or, or greater things, depending on how you look at it. And uh, I happened to be going through my junk email one day and I had a uh, an email in there from uh, a, a garden franchise. And I, I think you guys have a, a big um, gardening franchise over there, don't you? Um, I can't remember. Jim's Mowing, is it? Yeah, Jim's Mowing is a huge franchise. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So this franchise in the UK is is attempting to be as big as as, as Jim's, um, which is, is no small um, challenge. Um, so I, I went down to this tiny little village on the south coast of England and, and met with the the owner of, of the franchise. And partly because of how he sold it, but partly because of my desire just to, to go, 
I, I pretty much said yes there and then. I sold my house and and, and moved to a rented rented flat in order to to release the money to to set the business up. And I ran that for I ran that for about three and a half years before looking for something else. And a former colleague of mine uh, from the police had previously left to work with a security company in in the in the town that we both worked in in Croydon. And he he wasn't enjoying where he was, so he we were talking and like blokes do over a pint or two, we we sort of had, oh, shall we do it? Shall we do it? Shall we do it? And this happened for six nine months before finally he'd had enough and I'd had enough of what I was doing, and, and we just did it. And I think my biggest learning really from from that was just how much I'm a I'm just a typical boy. So we set this <laughs> shiny new shiny new business up, and I, I completely I, I I I'm very honest about it now. I, I neglected the the team that I had in the gardening business. I had a team of, of three people um, working sort of with me beneath me, however you want to put it, which doesn't sound enormous, but in, in sort of four and a half, three and a half, four years, it was, was quite fast going. We were a pretty well-known team and we were doing okay. I, I could have carried on doing that forever and been relatively comfortable, but I saw this shiny new business and, and just neglected the boys. <laughs> so very quickly, yeah. they, um, they, they started jumping ship. And because I was so focused on, on growing this business and I could see the potential for the business and the, the size and the, the acclaim that it could bring me and, and all those things that I was lacking in, uh, I suppose just gardening. Um, so very quickly, that 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 business that I'd worked so hard and had been so instrumental in getting me out of a job that was, you know, slowly killing me was 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 dying a death. So it got to a point, and uh, I was down in uh, in Southampton on the on the south coast of, in the UK and recruiting for our first big security job. Mm. I was really excited because I had I'd had no ex- experience in the security industry, and all of a sudden we'd been asked. Um, I'd been asked by uh, the driver who I knew of, of a billionaire to come and provide all the security at their their house. I'm thinking this is amazing. This is what what a way to enter the industry. And I got a, t- a text off my number one guy in the gardening business saying, "Look, mate, I'm 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 off." Um, <sighs> I said, okay, right. Cheers, mate. Um, <laughs> when are you going? He said, he said, 12 days. So the world just fell out of my rear end because while the, the security company was was growing, we, we certainly weren't taking any money at that point. We were in that that exciting but horrible stage where the, where the business is making money, but you're just watching it recycle within the business. Yeah, yeah. So so first comment, I mean, I, I, I love this whole, I was having a pint with my mate and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> And and how many great ideas start like that, right? I, I saw a really great expression the other day saying alcohol because no great story ever started with two blokes eating a salad, you know. And yeah, and exactly. Yeah, there's something there. To, um, you know, maybe it's just the uh, creativity of it all, but uh, but that's always a bit of fun. But but take me back for a second, you know. Going into the police force, you know, is is obviously, and and I had a brother who was in the police force. He was also ex-military. You know, you got to have certain a certain sort of thing about you to be able to go and and get into a career like that. You know, was there anything particularly that led you down that path to joining the police? Yeah, I don't know if you ever got it over there, uh, but there was a show on TV here called The Bill. Yes, which and and and. Um, I should, I, you know, I don't even know why we call the, the police here the old bill. There is a reason. It'll be a Cockney rhyming slang thing. Um, but I used to watch that as a kid, and I loved it. And I can still recall certain horror episodes. There was an episode with, with I mean, and it's silly, really, because the episodes I remember, the ones where the bad things happened to the policemen. I got to Dave, Dave, Dave Quinn and got stabbed. And I just remember being really, I bought into that. I've never been a soap opera guy. I've never watched 
any of the, any of the soaps, but the bill really, really, I, I loved it. And I think at, at the time I didn't realise, but I've got a, a real hero complex. I've got to go and save people, uh, which you know, it's just it's a disastrous thing to have you know, on a personal level. It's, it's it's great in the moment, but but when when you realise you're just like a big sponge absorbing everyone else's grief, it's not, it's not so good. But yeah, that, that that was pretty much it. I watched a, I used to watch a telly program, and I liked the idea of doing it, and I I just thought it'd be fun. Yeah, interesting. And and by the way, I think that hero complex thing is you know however you want to phrase that is actually a very common thing amongst entrepreneurs. Yeah, you know, fix things, I, I, right? I'm a, yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm, and I'm a massive believer that, that entrepreneurs are the ones who actually change the world. Yep. Uh, they're the ones that look and see stuff out there and go, that's not good enough. I can do better. And then they go on and take on all sorts of risk, pour in ridiculous amounts of hours, effort, <laughs> things that most people would consider insane so they can go and solve a problem. And, uh, you know, I guess – Probably one of the big challenges is that maybe not enough of them get rewarded for all that. But uh, but that's a that's a discussion for another day, perhaps. That's but, a big um, society problem. Problem that is <laughs> greater than me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So so tell me, with the police force, did it stack up to what you imagined it would be like initially? No, no. Uh, I mean, public service work in the, in this country it has a bit of a bad rep, and, and and a lot of things in this country have a bit of a bad rep, and the, the, and the general public feeling about them is is normally quite negative we're quite we're quite a negative population of people but if we can't moan about something we're unhappy <laughs> but um but no it didn't i um i i i, I tend to summarize it because otherwise I, I do tend to waffle but i I summarize it as i loved the job as in the day-to-day job i loved it even the the rubbish calls that we would go to you know you, 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 a call would come out over the radio or onto the little box in the car and it would be it, it would suggest that the, it was one thing and you'd arrive, and it would be completely different. And you're like, "How does that? How's that happened?" But I've I've got so many cool stories that I tell people, and and just there's always things that I learned from. I realised that now when I, when I talk to people about situations, and I can go back to that time and, and think, "Well, there was that time when X, Y, or Z happened," and I realised this as a result of it, which it then moves on to help me now. So um, yeah, so I love the job, but working for the organisation, you, you know, working for the, the UK government, you're always between a rock and a hard place, and and I think no more so than in the police, where every situation you go into, you come out and, and one half of that situation doesn't like you, unless you've made a complete yeah. Belgium neutral decision, uh, one of them doesn't like you at some point. So it's it's quite damning, and then you know, without going into too much detail the the, uh, the organization doesn't didn't didn't really look after its um its employees and that's why and now you, you have just enormous numbers of um attrition from from certainly from the met uh, in london uh, if i only have to go and look, look on linkedin and see just how many of my former colleagues are now working in it actually really good job so it's a good thing if you can reframe it you can you can sit there and say oh it was it was terrible that the uh, that the police uh, service treated me or, or worked with me the way they did but yeah, look at, we're better uh, off yeah yeah and look and there's good and bad in everything and and you know i think pe- people who go into things expecting perfection are always going to be disappointed right yeah. but i'm interested because that you know the amount of people who've been in either military police and, and even professional kind of sports people um I, I see this sort of consistency in people who've who have had a lot of regimentation in their professional life and how well that often translates into actually running a business. Have you found? Did that? Did, did you find any kind of connection like that yourself? I 
I, I agree. There is that massive correlation between people who have been have worked in the sorts of jobs that you mentioned, military, police, uh, professional sports, that sort of thing. I would probably disagree that it's it's because of the regimented nature of them. Well, certainly for me, because I'm not particularly regimented. I am arguably the, the least regimented person you'll ever meet. I, I need a kick up the rear end to get anything done. But I, I'm one of these people that from school to now, if there's a deadline, I start the piece of work at the, at the last possible moment for me to be able to get it done in time. And I think the the, the, the reason I would cite as as why people from the police and military and etc do well in business is because they're used to a world where the stakes are high so if you succeed it, it, certainly for the military and and to a, to a lesser extent the police if you succeed you live if you don't succeed you die professional sports people if you succeed you get the world cup or or, or whatever if you don't you're insignificant to a large extent you know nobody remembers the bottom 97 percent of footballers they just remember the top three so it's the stakes for me. Yeah, that's interesting, and uh, and 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 that sort of somewhat leads me because I, you know, making the jump from I, I'm going to use this term loosely, stable employment. I mean, you're stably employed in an environment that can be quite chaotic and hostile, and as you said, you turn up and it's flipped on its head, and it's completely different. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and I, I think there'd be. Lots of stories I'm sure you can share around that another time. But it's um, giving up what I'll call stable employment and then just jumping into your own business. I, I know from my own experience, people used to look at me and they'd kind of had this curious look and go, wow, that's really brave. And I'd, <laughs> I'd always struggle with that because in my head when I went into business, I had no other choice. I just had uh, the thought of continuing to do what I was doing seemed insane. H- what was your experience? How did you? How, what was it like doing that transition for you? Yeah, the same. You know, people people would look at me and they they would say things like that. That's really brave. And what they would mean is, you're insane. <laughs> I mean, why are you doing yeah. this? So, like I said, my my, my police career started uh, when I left school. I, there was a brief interim period while I was going through the application process. But but I had aside from working as a as a Saturday boy in a bike shop, which by the way was the oldest bike shop in the world, Guinness wow. World Record. So that's my little that's my little claim to fame. Um, <laughs> Uh, we aside from that, I'd never worked in a business. I had I had never worked in a, in a company and seen how companies worked. I've worked in a big organisation, but the, the end goal of that isn't selling or making money. So I went from working in the police, doing that very unique job, to to running a business. But not only that, I was I was working in a business that I had never experienced before. I'd never used a gardener. I'd never had any had any, had any money to to employ the services of someone to mow my lawn. I'd just done, done it myself. So I'd never run a business. I'd never experienced the gardening business. But but also I, I moved house at the same time. My my now ex wife and wife at the time left me during this during this process and, and moved down to where we now live on the south coast. And I did that that boy thing of trying to fix it by doing something amazing and and and, and different. Moved down to the south coast with her. So I was in a town I'd never been in before either. <laughs> so it was, it was like life started again. So people were looking at me going. Are you sure? Because uh, <laughs> it seems you're a bit bonkers. Yeah, yeah you know. And <laughs> I've been in the police for long enough, and and I worked in in London where we get we used to get a bit extra money. That that like you say, it was comfortable, stable employment. If if I didn't put a foot wrong, I'd have been there for thirty years and had a really good pension out of it. I probably would have died during it, not because of an incident at work, but just because of the stress. 
but you're right. It, it, and, and people would look at me a bit funny and go, you're brave. You're insane. So yeah, I, I had exactly the same experience. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, there's, there's, um, I've seen various versions of this, but there's lists people have created that talk about events in life that are the most stressful things that can happen to you. Right. So, and, and literally, you know, they put these points and whatever. And so you can stack up how many events you're going through at any one point in time. And if your score is over a certain threshold, then, you know, psychologically you're in a kind of very fragile place it's it's, yeah. it's quite quite a risky place to be and you know t- top of that list of course is is a death of a loved one but you know other than that you've got divorce changing jobs moving house <laughs> strange environments you know moving to you know when you're in a strange environment where you're out of your depth and you don't know people and you've lost all your yeah. support network so so if if I start ticking things off here mate <laughs> You've changed jobs, got into a new business, which in itself you've never done before. You've gone through a divorce, you know. You've changed town, sold house, moved. Uh, I mean, you know, geez, uh, you might as well join the circus. <laughs> yeah, it's like a punishment, mate. That's what it is. But I mean, uh, you know, funny enough, you mentioned it before before we started recording. You mentioned about I was up early this morning anyway, so I may as well lump some extra stuff in and get all the bad things out of the way. So I've done my exercise this morning. Not the bad things, because I'm about to say that about the list this podcast is number two uh, tasks, that's all right we'll get the to the end you've been <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah the price didn't exist uh, so, so i've got it this morning i've, I've done i've done my exercise I've, I've, I've come on the podcast and i've got a networking thing so by 8 30 this morning i'll have done all those all those things i've got it out of the way and i can go and chillax yeah um, same thing same yeah. thing with then you know if you're going to do a life-changing event don't string it out and spend five years changing your life do it in, in a summer yeah and look isn't that a good point right i mean rip the band-aid off whatever uh, you know metaphor you want to use but if you've got stuff to do you might as well just get on with it and yeah and and funnily enough often when you do that right it's it's it actually is never as bad as what maybe maybe you thought of anyway it's it's you know just a- action tends to you, be the, the answer to most problems it. right and um, when you're caught up in it you, you don't tend to have the opportunity to step back and be objective about it had, had i when I look back now, I, I remember times being out on, on the road and I was, I was working part-time because a, a good friend of mine, uh, Ollie in the police, he, he said to me, Luke, don't quit. Just go part-time at, at first, just in case you hate it. And begrudgingly, because I'm so, yeah, just do it. I, I thought, do you know what? He does know what he's on about. He is a clever guy. I, I am not. He, he, he's probably right. So I, so I did, but then I, I quickly realized that I was absolutely knackered. I was working nights and weekends in, in, in the police and, and cutting grass during the day. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. But looking back, I do realize that it was quite overwhelming that, that period of time. I remember, I remember days where I was just sat there in the van, like, I don't want to get out of the van, which is, it's, it's a bad sign three weeks into a new gig, isn't it? But I think it was just, um, like you say, that, that, that list of big life events all being at once, um, it came on top of it a little bit, but we're here now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. So, so fast forward. So, so talk me through. You know, you've you've had a colleague that's come to you. You've been doing the gardening business for a while. You know, to the layman, to the guy standing on the outside here. You know, ex police security, clear clear connection there. Is it as obvious as it sounds? You know, what did did was that transition easy for you? What what, what did that look like? Do you know what it, it's. I don't really know how much to say. I don't want to give away the secret, not to the, not to the competitors, but just to the, to the clients, if I'm honest. Because I'll, I'll be honest. The, the, the police thing is it's a good hook. It, it, people automatically, it breaks down a barrier. And, and as we've discussed, there are a lot of people who are ex-military and ex-police in 
positions of power in other businesses. So it's it's a great way of having just literally breaking down that first 10% of a conversation with someone. The number of times I've gone to a potential client and they are either ex-police, ex-military or have some connection. And it's almost like you're a distant relative. Instantly, you, there's that level of trust. Our ability to run the company from a security position, it, it, that is increased as well. Obviously, and and we go into meetings with the police for for big events that we run. We're closing a big road in South London a lot at the moment to to sort of help bounce back from the COVIDs, and we have these conversations with the police and the and the countless terror guys. And as soon as we start talking, they realise, all oh, right, you do know what you're talking about. And it's not to say that they then just skip on. It just means it means it's much easier. So yeah, it, it, the police and security do largely go hand in hand. You still need to be able to run a business, which is you know, the core of it. So just being a copper doesn't mean that you could just leave and run a security company, but, but yeah, it does help. Yeah. 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 The, the group is, it's called the, the blue light group, you know, because you have blue lights on the top of a car and, and that's how unimaginative we are. Uh, it just, <laughs> it made sense. Yeah. And, and uh, I've been out of the police now for uh, seven years, which is pretty much as long as I was in. So I've been out as long as I was in. So you could argue it's, it's, it's not really relevant anymore, is it, Luke? But but it is because those things stay with you. Yeah, look, it's, I think it's interesting, and, and I appreciate your openness on that. And I, th- I think at the end of the day, for people to do business with other people, they're looking for certain problems to be solved and they're looking to, in my head anyway, you know, you keep stacking up enough Lego blocks until you've got a picture, you know, you've got enough to build a relationship on, right? And I think it, it, the fact that you've been in the police ticks a box that, okay, you've been around, you've seen stuff, you you are qualified to be having this yep. conversation, right? It doesn't mean you're going to get the gig. It just means that you you've that's one hurdle that you clear fairly quickly without having to establish that you've got the experience. It's, it's kind of known. Yeah. I don't need to tell everyone. I don't need to sell my credentials. Just having been there and done it is largely enough. I mean, I could have been sacked for all they know, but they don't tend to assume that, which is nice. Well, and, and frankly, even if you had been sacked, it doesn't mean that you didn't take a lot away and learn from it. I mean, you know, people people lose employment for various reasons and sometimes it's just a misalignment. So, you know, I, I, I don't tend to over sort of analyse that stuff. But um, but that's interesting. And so you, so your mate came along. So at this stage, you know, you're, you're starting a new company. You're probably at least at this stage going, well, I've kind of sort of half done a little bit of this stuff before now. Yeah. Not, not my first rodeo. You start a company. Is it is it fifty fifty? How what did what did the, that sort of look like when you structured the business? Yeah, it's fifty fifty. Um, it's, I mean, strangely enough, I had helped so my business partner uh, Sean, uh, and I had helped Sean when he went to work with this previous security company because the guy he went to work for at the time, he was nuts. He was absolutely nuts and had no <laughs> idea and, and and lied to Sean through his teeth about about the sorts of things that he had um, going on. He, he was talking about this this big contract with a big uh, construction company. Which didn't exist. It was a, he was talking about this million pound contract uh, with a con- big construction company. Ironically enough, who we now have a big contract with with our, with our new company. So it's like <laughs> hey, uh, it's all come full circle. But so so Sean, when he left the, the police, he left a couple of years after I did, and and I had learned a few things about running a business, albeit in completely different industries in in different parts of the country. But I was able at that time to help him to an extent. Uh, employ some systems and some ways of working that, that helped him with the security company. I'm not suggesting for a second that that my input had any more than one percent of the to do with the success of his pre- previous business, but he knew that I knew what I was talking about. So yeah, and and he at that point he was somewhat unhappy with his his circumstance. He he had 
become a, a part owner of, of that business but but still his his relationship with his then business partner wasn't wasn't so good so um so yeah we had our, had our little chat so yeah the business is 50 50 despite my lack of security company ex- experience i think it's uh, I, I kind of i'd, I'd prove myself to to everyone that i could pick something new up and learn it and, and run with it pretty quickly so it, it made no sense to be anything other than 50 50 at the time yeah yeah well look in terms of career change life change you know direction change i i reckon there'll be a lot of listeners a lot of business owners nodding their head right now going yep been there remember that yep. completely deep end no idea and once again i think this comes back to the kind of fabric of what makes up an entrepreneur right is these people who are willing to go and you know blaze a new trail and do it do it different and do it their own way so i think that's pretty cool so so what year was it that you and sean hooked up together 2017 is that right no i'll tell a lie sorry i'm lying do you know what <laughs> A couple of our passwords for for, for the for the business stuff have, have the year that we incorporated in, which is twenty eighteen. <laughs> Somehow, okay. So, okay. I, think I, mean, I won't you need tell you the, I won't, now, I won't tell you the first bit, but <laughs> they're old they're old passwords. But, um, but yeah, no, twenty eighteen. This is this is twenty eighteen. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. So yeah, yeah. Somebody's quickly changing their passwords in the background yeah. now. So yeah. suddenly I can't get into my emails anymore or the bank. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anybody getting spam email from uh, from Luke, just ignore it yep. for the next week. <laughs> yeah, okay, so 2018, so you started a security company. And, and, and talk to me a little bit about security, right? I, I, like I see lots of different kind of security-style firms out there who do different stuff. So what does Blue, the Blue Light Group focus on? Uh, we focus on uh, people-based security. So we don't do alarms and, and tech, that type of stuff. We, we have been asked to in the past, and we, we've kind of brought other companies that we trust in to, to help with it because in those situations, it's not a case of we're competing against the tech. It's more of a case we're working with the tech uh, at the same time. So we, we'd rather do it with someone who we'd, we'd know, like, and trust. But but loosely speaking, we provide staff, uh, provide and manage is probably the better way of describing it, but we provide and manage staff uh, to places like construction sites, uh, office blocks, shopping centres, high net worth individuals, events. I mean, people always instantly think that we do bar and club doors, but we've actually only got two two little wine bars, both in, in Croydon where we used to work. And they're just nice, nice places to go. They're, they're, they're in that kind of, that nice space where they're a bit more expensive for the drink. So it, it filters out the, the crap. So the guys on the door don't really have too much, too much hard work to do until people start, start getting too much, uh, too much booze in them. But we're not interested in the griefy, the griefy ones. But uh, yeah, lo- tends to be high volume, large scale people provision. Yeah, interesting, interesting. It's um, it's such a diverse area of security. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a big believer in in looking at the macro kind of world. Like, what's the what are the big things going on in the world? Because that's what drives business, right? You know, needs are created, etc. And and security, along with you know health. Fundamentally, are two of those mega trends that are just you know, and 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 security, of course, goes as you said, tech, securing property, securing people, right through to things like you know, food security, you know, for, for countries and and stuff like that. So it's a, it's it's a fascinating area, you know, especially throw over all the geopolitical stuff going on at the moment. But um, so so you've been going since two thousand and eighteen. You know, how big is the company now? You know, what what sort of staff? You know, um, turnover. If you're happy to talk about that, but you know, what do you sort of? How big is it? So, I, I, I we literally just finished our our third year of trading. So our financial year runs June to June to May, and. Um, I, t- I used to be quite excited about that, the, looking at the accounts, because year one, we turned over 
I think about five times what we expected to, because we were we had pretty low expectations. Really, we were starting from scratch, but we did okay. Year two, we we multiplied that turnover by by five, so we we, we grew five times in in year two. Wow! And, and then not long into year two, COVID uh, hit, and uh, sorry, sorry, not long into year three, uh, COVID hit, and we've grown by about seven percent. So we've gone growing by by five hundred percent to growing by seven. Which people keep telling me, stop moaning about it, Luke, because you're doing all right. <laughs> well, growth is uh, certainly better than the alternative. Know, right? It's better than uh, negative growth. <laughs> negative, and, and I've, I've always believed and, and been told that if, if you're not growing, you're, you're shrinking. So the, the fact that we're growing at all during a period of time which has been as uncertain as it, as it has for a lot of businesses, it does it does comfort me to to an extent. But the the I suppose the idiot or the, or the, the little boy in me just wants it, wants it to get bigger and better. But uh, in, in terms of turnover and size, we, we turn over. Just over a million pounds a year, which I mean, I don't know what that is in 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 Aussie dollars. It used to be double squillions, mate. With the, yeah. yeah, the Aussie peso is is not exactly <laughs> anything to write home about. Um, but um, yeah, so about just over a million quid a year. We've got something in the region of uh, sixty to to seventy staff across the company, and and, and they range from full time staff to guys who literally just work on a door on the weekend for for twenty hours a week. Or ten hours a week, rather. Yeah, cool. It, it, it's pretty broad. We're we're not enormous, but we're certainly not small. And it, I, I tend to focus on the growth of the business as opposed to the size, because we're still we're only three years old, and it's like it's like judging a, a toddler on on how tall they are. It's it's it's, it's not possible for them to be a six foot tall kid. Yeah. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So when you started this business with Sean, did you guys have some kind of an end game exit strategy to, to begin with? For Sean, his exit strategy was actually retrospective, if that makes sense. It was about him. The, the, the goal of this business was for him to exit his his previous business. He It was a means to end it. He needed to get out. And it, much the same as, as me with my exit from the police, it was it was a bit of a lifesaver because he, you know, he was so stressed with his previous business partner, he, he ended up in, in hospital with, with heart problems. So for him, wow. he wasn't thinking a year down the line. He was thinking in the moment, I need to get out. I need to get out and do something that I'm already doing that I know and be able to live both you know financially and physically that that has changed uh, since then obviously since since the, the, the sort of dark days of the previous company and uh, and we can actually start looking forward there's no there's no firm strategy in place there's no firm date for either of us to be to be gone from the business we've very very loosely sort of thrown the idea out of there you know what would it take for us to sell uh, and I'll be honest it's it's far more than anyone would offer us at, at this current moment That's just because we're both pretty young both sort of early to mid thirties, it, it would it would mean a lot. It would take a lot of money for us to be able to live off it forever. So there's no huge focus on on that exit strategy at the moment. It doesn't mean that that it it, it couldn't happen sooner than we're thinking. But it, it, there's just it's not a consideration as as we stand. We, we're more focused on on growing the business for the immediate benefits as opposed to the longer term sales benefits. Sure, sure. So it was interesting. One of my previous guests, um, she built up this massive company in six years and, and sold it. And she said, we started day one saying we want to build something we can sell. But and one of the interesting parts about it was that she talked about how, how things change. There's nothing's ever a straight line, right? You know, you can talk about well, I want to sell it one day and I want to sell it for a certain amount, but actually even that requirement can change along the way. Do you see yourself potentially selling the business one day? Is that is that something that you you know you're open to or or, or like the idea of? Definitely. I mean me more than Sean. Uh so 
I, I've realized in the last couple of years, I suppose, since I, uh, there's big life changes, that when people would ask me, what, what, do you, what are your hobbies? What do you like doing? And I'm sitting there going, I don't actually know. But I've realized that I can really sort of summarize it in, 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 as, as doing new things. Uh, I, I like to do new things. I, I, I get bored of things. ADHD is probably close to the diagnosis. I, I, I've done something for a little while. I've just been there, done that. Monotony and repetition, I just... And that's part of the reason I fell out of love with the gardening because my year could be spent. I could I could almost forecast the year. You start in in, in March at the beginning of spring and you start cutting lawns and, you, and at this point of the year you start doing hedges. Later on in the year you're doing turfing and and, and then right well, it's back to back to Christmas time. You, you, you're not really working for the next couple of months and then we'll start again and it's that cycle and it, the idea of a cyclical life. It just you know, it's, it's almost counting down the revolutions till you stop. And I just, it terrified me. So for me, doing new things is, is really what motivates me. So the fact that at the tail end of last year, we, we, we diversified from uh, just a security company to the group of companies, which, which now incorporates a, a cleaning slash facilities management business, uh, a Medicare business, which will provide uh, medics to events and, 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 and such such things, uh, and also like a small property ownership arm. But I, but I also, uh, and I haven't mentioned it yet, but I, I the guy I sold the gardening business to, in 2018 no 2019 he he asked me last year during covid did i want to come back on board with him now i, I wasn't expecting that because you know why would you buy something and then ask the guy who told it to you to come back on board but he did because he recognized that he uh, he, he's much more focused on the commercial side of, of the business i.e um, commercial lawns blocks of flats offices that sort of thing whereas the stuff i was doing was miss, miss mrs jones and her tiny little back garden and i said all right why not it, it, it was new again because because i hadn't done it for a, a year um <laughs> so um so, so I, I i'm back involved with the, with the business that i sold wow again so full cycle <laughs> pretty much yeah and, and my involvement is completely different to what it was previously i was hands-on i was the face of the business i was really involved whereas now i, I kind of i do the things that i want to do which is just kind of tweak tweak things a little bit. I, I, I'm in charge of how the marketing goes and I'm in charge of sort of planning the business as opposed to being in the business, which is exactly where I want to be with it because, quite frankly, the weather in this country is not reliable. I don't want to be out in the rain. Uh, do, do you find going back to that business, is that is that in any way a sort of a distraction or taking you away from the focus on the security business? No, I, I, I made it very, very clear in the early days with, um, with the guy I sold the business to that I, I couldn't be held to account too much with with the gardening business so i'm quite happy to come on board because more more than anything that 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 hero savior complex thing again more than anything i i, I hated the idea of having sold this this business to him and, and and i'll be honest it was in a bit of a rush i mentioned earlier when my 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 final member of staff told me he was off it was it was a 12 day window so i i had 12 days to get rid of this this business because it was either it was either sell it in 12 days or or, it, or just say to all the customers i'm really sorry go find someone else and and, and it, it wasn't a huge business but it was i would have felt like i was letting like 100 customers down and 100 regular customers plus all the the extra people and, and I, kind of, I didn't like the idea of losing this thing and it, it disappearing off the face of the earth so so when when mike called me last year and said do you fancy coming back on board i think you could help so like, oh, i can help i'll, I'll help I'll, I'll do it for free and i, I, I do do it for free I, I don't do it with any financial benefit obviously at some stage there, there will be a, there will be a time where i can do something with the business business and, and and get something out of it but 
I'm lucky I don't need to. I don't need to take any money from the business. It's not like a, it's not a driving factor. But no, it doesn't. It doesn't because because I, I work everything around me. I work my entire. I work everything around home now. I've, for so long, I was I was policeman first, and dad, husband, family member second, or or, or even lower than that. Whereas now it's completely opposite. So everything works around the kids, my fiance, etc. So yeah, I, I'm pretty good. At, I'm pretty good at saying no. Nice, nice. No, and that gives some context actually to the to the previous business. I mean, it sounds like you're more in more of a mentor role. You're supporting. It's it's about almost kind of you know I don't want to say paying it back. It's paying it forward, really, and and continuing that sort of goodwill out there. Which you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, it sounds to me like you you, you very much have entrepreneur's disease. Yeah, <laughs> you know, lo- love new things, love doing new stuff, but also like helping others and and being involved in solving problems, and that's. You know, such a common trait for what we see out there. So, where, where does Blue Light Group go from here? I mean, are you do you, have you got some big goals? What what's what are you going to try and achieve with that business? Uh, if you'd asked me that February last year, we would we would literally just on how much can we grow, how quick can we grow, how big can we make this, and how and 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 how quickly can we make it big? We've kind of grown up a little bit and and looked at more than just how, how big can the company get because it, it, it it's not so much about that. Um, as, as everyone in the world's realised, it's about being stable enough to kind of ride out anything anything different. So the diversification last year is 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 more than just adding a service to the business and, and making more money. I'm, I'm never about just making more money because someone could put a, a pound on on my table here and I've made more money. It's so nondescript. But the idea for me, and, and I've spent a lot of time over the last year reading business books, which I've always dabbled with, but I, I do find them sometimes a little bit difficult, especially when they're a made-up story trying to trying to sell the idea. But you you will have read, I, I've got no doubt, Start With Why. Yes. And um, there was another book I read a little while ago. But I can't remember Sinek. the name of it. Yeah. Um, and there's a, there's a couple of other books that I've read recently. And the idea of building a business which runs without, without me, uh, if, if, I, if I say that to uh, my mum or dad who have, work in the NHS in, if, as nurses where every single person has to be working all the time for it to work and if you lose if you lose a cog the whole thing falls apart I I love the idea of my business not not needing me and it's and it sounds strange because I the, the hero complex I, I need to be needed or, or, or wanted but actually if I if I have a business that I can then go on holiday for three months Mm. If I could have, if if holidays were allowed, um, <laughs> if I could go on holiday for three months and come back and the business be functioning as it was before, I I think that is my ultimate ultimate goal. So uh, that that's that's my personal goal for the business. Our our collective goal is 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 building the the new sides of the business up so that they they complement the security business as as much as the other way around, and so that. In the event that there is another major worldwide event, or even not not worldwide, even even just locally, that the the, the secondary and tertiary businesses can sort of pick up where the the other ones dropping off, and, and just a bit of stability. Yeah, it's it's you know, and I'm 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 paraphrasing a little bit here, but the you know with some of the subtext, but it's you know there's this recurring theme through our this podcast and the guests that we have on is that you know actually. Growth, just for the sake of growth, is actually pointless. It, you know, just yep. being able to beat your chest and say, "Oh, we, we're now doing ten million. Now we're doing twenty million. Like th- that has all the depth of a very narrow puddle. You know, whereas most business owners, and I think the people that I'm, I, I probably see that I, I think the, the most successful and the happiest 
Um, and success is not more money. It's the people who are the happiest are the ones that actually work out what kind of life they want and then have a business and build a business to to, to del- deliver on that. And that just seems to be the common theme. Absolutely. And uh, uh, when I years ago, when I would entertain the idea of running a business, it was always about oh, how much money could I make? But, but you know, I was, I was a kid then. And <laughs> I mean, mentally, I'm still a big kid now, but but I'm slightly more grown up and, and, and have, uh, uh, you know, have grown up a little bit. But now you're exactly right. I um if I think of any, I mean, I, I have talks with people, I say talks, like, like it's a sit down meeting, I, I go to the pub with people all the time. And we talk about potential new businesses. And, you know, it, it, I think probably every month someone talks to me about we could do that, couldn't we? And, and it's never really very serious. In the same way that my conversations with Sean before the the, the, the end of the proper conversation were were never really serious about setting up a security company. And I think a few years ago, if I'd been asked those questions like, "Shall we do X, Y, or Z?" I'd have gone, well, "Let's go to Google. How, how much money can you make in X X business?" Whereas now, I just don't care because fundamentally i this business these businesses that i run now support me and i have a really nice lifestyle could i have more money yes could i have more holidays yes do i need them at the moment no my my uh, my fiance she is literally uh, two weeks away from taking a, a full-time in-house job with one of her one of her clients she um she currently runs her own hr consultancy but recognizes that actually running the business is not what she is good at she i mean uh, I mean, she may well listen to this podcast. If she does, I'm, I'm quite happy saying that because it's something that she's openly admitted. She's not very good at the the accounts. She's not very good at organizing things. She's not actually very good at holding her clients to account, which for a consultancy, it's not ideal. But, you know, and I think this is the nature of life. You can't be good at everything. And so the sooner yeah. that you can, uh, the sooner we as individuals can come to terms with that fact and just accept that, hey, I'm actually good at this stuff, I'm okay at that stuff and that other stuff, I'm really crap. Yeah. But the sooner you can work that out, the sooner you can stop doing things you're crap at and start enjoying your life more, right? So it's um, it's one of those interesting things. So so looking back and, and, and I guess thinking about all your experience and, and um, you know, everything that you've done, personal and business sort of hardships, wins, all the rest of it. Is is there one kind of piece of advice that, that you would share with your fellow entrepreneurs out there? Yeah, I hate the idea of calling it this and I've never called it this before but it's been a, a bit of a journey of self-discovery the whole business world because mm. police life was was you join the police and you do what you're told and having come out I, I now work like I said I work everything around me um, so I think you know when people talk about sort of bullies and things like that and, and they say if you own or just acknowledge your your negative attributes or whatever, people then can't use it against you. You can actually see yes. it as a positive. I mean, I, I watched the, a, a, an amazing program. It's called Love on the Spectrum. And funnily enough, it, it, it's it's an Australian program. And the, the guys on it, they, they're talking about their, their autism and they're saying, I'm autistic and therefore I'm really good at this, that and the other. And all of a sudden being autistic isn't a negative it's like I'm, I'm crazy good at maths or i'm really good at solving problems etc so so for me my um boredom or if you will or my my inability to to just sit still and do the same thing a lot of people would see that as a negative and up until i kind of thought about it and and you know talked about it with with with, with my mainly my fiance and other and other people i i would have seen that as a negative because everyone was saying you need to you need to calm down you need to pick something and stick with it whereas now 
I mean, this podcast is, is is pretty much named after 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 what I've realised is what I like to do. I like to I like to build it and then get rid of it, and I see that as a as a positive. So I, I guess to summarise, just just do what makes you happy because if it, if it's making you happy, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Um, if, yeah. It's, if it's not making you happy, if you if you're slogging your, your your guts out for for something, it's pointless. And I listened to um I listened to a, a comedy show yesterday, and they were talking about Elon Musk and um about and all the crazy things he does like you know sending a car into space and, and it, he does some crazy wild stuff and someone said to him why why do you want why do you do this you're like the, you, you keep competing for being the, the the richest guy in the world but you, you do you do silly things like sending a car into space and such such things and he says because it's silly and i like doing silly things and, and ultimately what him, him liking doing silly things and, and different things has made him the second richest guy in the world and and it, if he was if he was doing what everyone else told him to do, he wouldn't be him. So yeah, do what yeah, makes you happy. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, great great advice. You know, yeah, f- f- follow what makes you happy. You'll be good at it. <laughs> and 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 usually the other stuff will take care of itself, right? And even if you're not good at it, um, it makes you happy. I'm crap at golf, but I uh, I go and play golf <laughs> because it makes me happy. <laughs> I don't call what I do on a golf course actually golf. It's no, something exactly. really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it sounds like we'd probably play well together. So, <laughs> mate, um, thanks for thanks for sharing your story, your thanks time, your insights. Um, you know, there's there'd be a lot of people out there hearing this who will really relate to your journey and and just the various obstacles that that life puts in our way, right? So, um, mate, really appreciate it. Thank thank you so much for coming on. Thanks very much for having me. The ultimate freedom is to own a company that is valuable, scalable, and saleable. Find out how you score on the eight factors that drive company value by completing the Value Builder questionnaire. Upon completion, we will send through your business scorecard so you can see how to maximize the value of your company. Just go to exitadvisory.com.au forward slash scorecard. The Buy, Grow, Sell podcast is brought to you by Exit Advisory Group a boutique M&A firm that helps business owners maximize company value and exit at the top of their game. To learn more about Exit Advisory Group, you can go to exitadvisory.com.au. And if you like what you've just heard, you can subscribe at buygrowsell.com to get a new episode delivered to your inbox each week. Thank you for listening to the Buy, Grow, Sell podcast with Simon Bedard. For complete show notes with links to additional resources, visit buygrowsell.com forward slash episodes. Simon is the founder and CEO of Exit Advisory Group, and you can follow him on LinkedIn. LinkedIn.